you know, when I'm trying to do the thing where I'm more rational this year and I stay composed and I try to be as reasonable as I can and as patient as I can. And I'm already getting tested seven games in. It's it's tough, especially for somebody who's as passionate and as aggressive as I am when it comes to my sports teams. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 427 of BD4. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, if you are new here, be sure to find me and subscribe to the podcast on the many platforms that we're on. Uh, you can mainly listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. We're on Spotify uh, and many other platforms as well. Find me on social media. You can find me on Facebook at BD4. Find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And then find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Yeah, uh, the Knicks choke again. That's about as blunt as I can be, as straightforward as I can be with what happened tonight. Um, Tonight, November 2nd, 2022, at Madison Square Garden, the Knicks choked. They did exactly that. Um, They took a 112-99 defeat against the Atlanta Hawks. The Knicks coming off two days rest at home. Against an inconsistent Atlanta Hawks team who were on the fifth game of a five-game road trip. Not enough for the Knicks to take it. The Knicks were the favorites coming into this game. 11-point um, lead after the first quarter. And then a 23-point lead about midway through the second quarter. And I was I said to myself then, and how stupid am I? But I said to myself then. Uh, not this Knicks team. This Knicks team's going to hold this lead. There's no way they can blow this two nights in a row. Two games in a row do the same shit. But there was a moment during that second quarter when the Hawks started coming back. It was like halfway through that blown lead where you had DeJounte Murray, who we're going to talk about, strip Jalen Brunson a little past half court. And then he runs the entire floor with nobody even in the same vicinity as him. I mean, Murray was the only one in the shot. It looked like an open gym. And he just easily walks to the rim, slams it down. The garden's quiet. That was when I told myself, it's good night, Knickerbockers. And it was. And so just like that, the 23-point lead for the Knicks vanished in the third quarter. And then the Knicks ended up losing by 13 points after the fourth quarter. And I, I, you know, I can, I can point to a number of things, but the four names that come to the top of my mind right now, after witnessing this debacle, um, hurricane Julius Randall, useless Evan Fournier, stubborn Tom Thibodeau and, uh, DeJounte Murray, superstar DeJounte Murray. And I want to start there. I want to start with DeJounte Murray because in this league, um, stars will be stars. And we saw it Sunday with Mitchell, how what he did. And, of course, we saw it with Murray tonight. 
I, you know, man, I, I, it's so difficult to watch this. It's 36 points for Murray tonight, nine assists, four rebounds, and oh, six steals. Because apparently we, we didn't know he's a solid defender. The two guys that executive Leon Rose could have had, he could have traded for Murray last season. He could have traded for Mitchell this past summer. He did not. And instead, they both embarrass you immensely in back-to-back games. The first time playing the Knicks since they've both been traded. You know, sometimes... I think people take this too far. But tonight wasn't that night. Tonight was a night where I really truly believed that the basketball gods were saying things without saying things. It's it's not a good look um, if you're Leon Rose. It's not a good look. I'm sorry. And I've been back and forth on this whole thing. I've been trying to play devil's advocate with the Donovan Mitchell no deal, but it's 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 looking bad, um, and it's looking like it's it's pretty obvious by the day that they should have done that. Um, listen, I, I maybe I'll I'll continue to go back and forth on this whole thing, but right now, the way it's looking, like you make those deals, the Cavs took a risk, and it's looking like it's paying off. They're killing it. They just won another game tonight. You make those deals. If you have to gut the roster, whatever. You figure that shit out later. You figure out who's going to be the role players around your star later. Why? Because these are stars. And stars win. So I'm just, I'm kind of just tired. Like, I'm tired of just not having a star. This team's ceiling right now, let's be honest, is 500, give or take. You know, make a play-in seed. That's the ceiling. They have a whole bunch of role players, man. Everyone here, role player. Zero superstars, zero stars, and 15 role players. Their best players, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Jalen Brunson, in whatever order you want to put them, their three best players are called the mid-three for a reason. Because they are good, and that is where it stops. Good. It's just, it's very, very frustrating not having a superstar and having these opportunities to get that superstar and still not getting it done. It really frustrates me. And just maybe, again, maybe I'm, I'm just being a prisoner of the moment. Back-to-back games where we see these stars the Knicks could have had torch the Knicks and cause them to choke, but... Yeah, I'd be lying if I said it's not It's not in my head and it's not bugging me. Um, but I don't want to spend the entire episode ranting on what could have been. Um, I want to stay in the moment. And I also have some other folks to blame. As we said, uh, we mentioned four names. Leon Rose or, or DeJounte Murray being one of them we just discussed. I also want to talk about Tom Thibodeau. Um, and, and we'll get to him as soon as we get back from break. Stay with us. We'll be back in one sec. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. 
You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You're listening to episode 427 of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to BD4. Um, yeah, let's, let's discuss, let's discuss, uh, Tibbs. Um, let's talk a little Tom Thibodeau. All right, let's get to it because, and, and before we do, I am not like every little Zoomer boy on Twitter right now calling for Tibbs to be fired, calling for his head. And you got to give me credit for that because last season I was on that train from the very beginning of the year as soon as it started to go downhill early in the year. And I was on that train the remainder of the season. I am trying to be fair this year. I am trying to be rash, more fair. Um, so I'm not going to say right now seven games into a season where the Knicks are three and four with a tough schedule that he should be fired because he shouldn't. Um, but I'm also going to call a spade a spade and shoot it straight. And you all know I do that. That blown lead tonight is just as much on Tom Thibodeau as it is the players. The second and third quarter, that's where the game was lost. And Tom Thibodeau did nothing about that. With 6.59 left, in the second quarter, Jalen Brunson assisted R.J. Barrett for his spot-up three. R.J. cans it, and the Knicks go up 23 points. From that very moment up until the end of the third quarter, the Hawks outscored the Knicks 61-24. Why is that on Tibbs, you ask? Because Tom Thibodeau did not make a single major adjustment until about four minutes left in the third quarter when it was too late. That bench unit that was on fire in the first half of the second quarter quickly looked good. Obi Toppin looked fantastic out there. They couldn't get a little more run there before coming out in the second Do you really have to stick with the script and you can't just keep going with the flow of the game there? Why interrupt what was working? The starters, they came in and they looked pitiful. And the majority of them continued to look pitiful until, again, the final minutes of the third quarter when they finally were pulled. But why all of a sudden are you removing Obi Toppin from the game when he just scored you 10 points in the first six minutes of the second quarter? Not once did Obi see action in those first eight or so minutes in the third. Not one time. So not only was he pulled early from the second, not playing the remainder of the first half, he didn't come in until four minutes before the fourth quarter began. With how hot Obi was, and with how cold Randall was, it was just absolutely astonishing 
that Tibbs would do something like that. And you can't even, like, you can't even play them together because the perimeter defense is as bad as it is right now. So having those two bigs be the second line of defense together trying to protect the rim, I get that. But Randall wasn't playing well, and Obi was playing well. It was a simple swap. You didn't do it. And on top of that, Tibbs' guy, his man, Evan Fournier, Useless Evan. He really is useless. If he's not knocking down threes, he's useless. So he gets to play Fournier. On top of all that, gets to play the majority of that time frame where the Knicks blew it. And during that entire span, that entire 12-minute span from the you know second half of the second quarter up until the end of the third, He scored not a single point in that time frame. He had a whopping three points on the night. So somebody please tell me how Tibbs shouldn't be at fault there. Please, go ahead. Because if he does get canned eventually this year, you know the media will ride their favorite term, scapegoat. They do it with every coach ever. They've done it with every Knicks coach. They did it with Fizdale. They're doing it right now with Steve Nash. But how is this not his fault? How are these rotations not his fault? Please explain how plugging, how, how taking out, removing the hot hands so consistently and just going with this template rotation all the time when it's not going to get done, when the bench is clearly a, a, a better plus minus every game than the starters, and this has been a two-year thing, how is that, how is that pattern, that consistent pattern, game after game after game for going on two years, how is that not on the coach? I mean, in the third quarter, the Knicks scored 10 points. They also turned it over 9 or 10 times. You had Randall doing his tornado shit, spinning and coughing it up and, and misfiring on every three he took as he continues to miss threes this season. Fournier was throwing up bricks. RJ Barrett was okay, but he was still missing some more jumpers and easy layups tonight. The Knicks did not score a single point until four minutes into the second half. But no, it does not matter. The hot hand Obi Toppin must sit because these fixed rotations have him coming in and coming out at those specific times every night. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. It, it, that's on the coach. I'm sorry. That's on the coach. Any other team, I feel like the coach will be getting... Big time attention as to how pathetic he's been. But just because it's the Knicks and they have that you know shtick about being the Knicks and he's not going to get called out for it. He's been terrible with these rotations these last couple of games. And you know he sits there in these press conferences and he tells us all the time to watch film, watch the games. Here we are. We're pointing it out to you right here. Specifically, every night we're doing this. And I'm sure he sat there in the presser, blaming his players. And, and I get that they deserve blame too. But this is when the coach must step in. When the players are not getting it done and make the adjustments and put the ones who are getting it done at that time in. And Tibbs did not. And he continues to not. 
We gave him credit for last game making adjustments when the bench wasn't doing well. The starters were actually playing well against Cleveland. But I'm going to call a spade a spade, like I said, and, and, and critique him when he deserves to be critiqued. And going forward, forget in-game adjustments. Tibbs is going to have to make some decisions with this starting lineup. At the two-guard. Evan Fournier can't be starting every night anymore. He can't. It did not work last year for the team. And it isn't looking very promising so far this season. He's played awfully this year. It's only shooting that he provides them with. And he's not been shooting well this year. Even then, when he does, his defense is so garbage juice that it doesn't even matter. The Knicks perimeter defense is disgustingly horrendous with Evan Fournier out there. It's horrendous. Guys are having to over-rotate all the time, which leaves them susceptible to an open shooter every single possession. Fournier's awful. Brunson is not great. I mean, he has his moments, but he's just so tiny, man. Murray exposed him tonight. Randall's starting to leave guys wide open again. Mitch with the foul trouble. RJ's an okay on-ball defender, but his off-ball defense is whack. Watching the ball way too many times. How many times is this is this guy getting beat on a cut? And, and we really miss Quentin Grimes. Who, Grimes actually played some garbage minutes tonight. But who knows how many games it's going to take for this kid to actually get into shape and, and you know be ready for meaningful action. You know, I hate to act like that's the guy to be their savior because it's not fair. You know, we kind of did the same thing with Brunson at point guard. The whole savior thing? No, man. It's it's more than that. The lineup, the starting lineup is just not cutting it. It's also just the athleticism. We have such a slow-footed wing trio with Barrett, Fournier, and Randall at the 2-3-4, which is why these other athletic backcourts kill us off the dribble and in the full court kill us all the time so we really need to be making this decision quick man you know we really do but the starters are not supposed to be significantly worse than the bench and that is also a recurring issue from last year the starters start for a reason and the second unit is supposed to be the second unit for a reason the defense is terrible, though. The offense has been clunky lately. No flow. Every time a defense throws a zone at us, we have no idea how to bust it. Last season, it was a thing. It was even a thing two years ago. It's a thing again. We can't beat a zone. So make the adjustment and get Grimes in there right the fuck now. And in the meantime, while we're trying to ease Grimes back, why can't we just go quickly? I know you don't want to break up the second unit quickly and Obi works so well so well together, D Rose and that trio, but you can stagger. Cause you need some kind of balance, man. And this starting unit is not giving you balance. Or in the meantime, you don't have to play Fournier 30 minutes or 12 consecutive damn minutes between the second and third quarter. A quicker leash is okay. It's okay. Screw the contract. Screw the optics. Gotta make some harsh decisions. You're the coach. You gotta do it, man. You gotta figure that out. 
The Knicks scored 99 points tonight, shot 41%, 27% from three, 75% from the free throw line, 23 assists. Atlanta won the second chance points, 18-11. to They beat the Knicks on the fast break, 26-12. The Knicks coughed it up 16 times. Two games in a row now where the Knicks just get punched in the face and they don't hit back. Showing no fight, no heart. These are indicators early on. Indicators of the same old problems. And we have to be careful because this schedule isn't getting easier. Three and four now. You blew Cleveland, you blew Atlanta, and now we've got Philly coming in on Friday before Boston on Saturday in a back-to-back, I believe. Oh, and by the way, (laughs) like this matters in a loss, but uh, Jalen Brunson gets a bing-bong ball tonight. Played okay. 20 points, 5 assists. Shot 8 for 15. 1-4 from deep. Um, On the year, he's averaging 18 and seven, forty-eight percent. And also, uh, I didn't make the graphic for it, but Obi Toppin, I'm going to give him a Bing Bong Bong as well. Obi Toppin, again, just a spark off the bench has been excellent for the Knicks, and um, just doesn't get the run he deserves. Tibbs has to find a way to give Obi Toppin six more minutes a game. That'd be great. What else? Not much. I mean, Mitch was good tonight until the foul started coming in again. Uh, Hartenstein. Is it Hart? I think it's... They, they changed the way they pronounced this kid's name. Hartenstein is now Hartenstein. Uh, he was good offensively. He continues to be good offensively with a nice touch around the rim, the floaters, the rebounds. But, man, you put this guy in a pick and roll, and it's like putting him in a blunder. <laughs> it's, it's really... He's like cancer. Um, I actually thought we should have gotten some Sims minutes, man. I really like Sims as a backup big. He can rebound and he can play defense. It's a shame he's a reserve that doesn't get any playing time. Or just let Mitch go and play him a little more and let him play through the fouls. We have the depth. But I think that's it, man. I don't really have much else. I'm just frustrated with the way Tibbs ran his his rotation tonight. Um, just the same old problems from last year. And it's one of the things where you only notice if you're a Knicks fan who watches every game. If you don't watch the games, you're just going to follow narrative and be like, oh, the Knicks suck, they don't have the roster. Yeah, that's simple to say when you don't watch the fucking games. While that's true, the coach can also make just make adjustments. The coach can also coach. You don't know what a coach does? What's a coach for if every time you're just going to blame the players? There's a reason there's a coach. He's got to be able to make these decisions, and he's not doing it. I'm frustrated. The Knicks choke again. They lose. We're going to head to our final breaks. When we get back, we'll wrap it up with the question of the day. And that'll be that. Cut this one short. I'm, I'm tired. Tired of the Knicks already. <laughs> Still having more fun than I did during the Yankees, though. I'll give you that. Let's get to break, and uh, we'll get back and wrap it up. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. B4 
BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Alright, so for episode 427, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is... In 2010, which second-round pick from Stanford made the all-rookie first team for the Knicks? In 2010, which second-round pick from Stanford made the all-rookie first team for the Knicks? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you don't get it correct, but you at least attempt to guess the answer... I'll let you know what the answer is in the next show. I'll DM you. So one last time, in 2010, which second round pick from Stanford made the all-rookie first team for the Knicks? So that's it. Um, I don't think we have anything else to add. I just wish this team was playing a little better. That was the game you needed to take because that's going to be the worst team you play. In the next two games, three games, including tonight. Um, I think the next one after that is tough. I forget who they play next week. But just, just, it's coaching right now. It's the players, but it's the coaching. Because when you have, it's not like the entire team is playing bad. It's some players are playing bad, and those players that are playing bad are are being allowed to continue to play bad, and the players that are being good, playing good, are not really getting rewarded consistently. So, yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not advocating for Tibbs to be fired. I'm just advocating for him to adjust and be a little better, and modernize himself and, and stop being so stubborn, Boomer. <laughs> All right, that's it. That is absolutely it, and I'll see you in 428. Um, Yeah, (laughs) losing sucks. All right, guys, thanks. See you then. Ciao. I keep saying fucking ciao. I don't know why I do that. It's just, you know, I used to do that in, in the old blog that I used to write. I used to have a blog before the new one I have. I used to write ciao at the end. I don't know why. Anyways, I'll see you guys in the next one. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.